If you're anything like me, you've been given lots and lots of advice as to how to read and the best methods for doing so, etc, etc. In today's episode, I'll be giving you some of the best reading advice I've absorbed from books in all corners of the internet. It is this advice that has helped me read over 48 books ever since I started reading over a year and a half ago. Actually, I think it's been a little bit less than that. And this year, I'm on course to hitting my goal of reading 50 books, all thanks to the advice I'm about to give you. So without further ado, here are the best bits of reading advice I've heard all in one podcast Welcome episode. Welcome to the Book Basement Podcast, where I, Santi, talk about books five times a week. On Mondays, you can expect a longer interview, book review, or other book-related content. The rest of the weekdays, I share a book quote I found interesting and break down its meaning. Join me as we learn more about books, their meanings, and get some amazing reading recommendations recommendations along the way. Let's get right into today's episode. Number one, reduce friction. When I started reading, I gave myself a lot of excuses as to not, as to how not to do it. I used the main excuse of not having enough light, which then caused me to get a Kindle so I could stop excusing myself for not reading due to low light levels. This Kindle just has a built-in light so it makes it pretty much impossible to say that you don't have enough light because it literally has one built into it and this increased the amount of books I read by a lot. Uh, After I got tired of using the Kindle and wanted to read more physical books, I switched over to a physical little book light and this book light also helped me read more books because I can now read my physical books in the nighttime whereas before I would have to wait till the morning and when there was actually light outside so I could read them. Or this would also cause me to have to go to the living room and turn on a lamp, which was uncomfortable to read with because it bounced off weird and all these other different excuses. And they were all solved by reducing the friction or by getting a cheaper book light. And this also ties in to having an accessible place where you keep your book. If you hide your book or if you throw it in your car and forget about it, then you're not going to read it. <laughs> it is as simple as that. Leave your book in a, in a place where you can't avoid it. I like to leave it on top of my bed or on my nightstand, or on all these different places where you have to see it a bunch of times, and this will constantly remind you to read and read and read. Number two, it doesn't matter what you read. Fiction can just have as much value as nonfiction, though I do recommend that everybody reads at least some nonfiction. I would personally recommend philosophy, but that is because I'm a little bit biased. And whatever you read doesn't matter. I heard this phrase in uh, the Almanac of Naval Ravenkot, I believe it was a tweet of his, that says, read what you love until you learn to love reading. After you accomplish this, you'll be a reading machine. Nothing will be too big for you to read. Nothing will be too complicated. And I think we all set ourselves a barrier by making it a rule that only nonfiction is the best for you when you really love fiction. And instead, you should be reading that until you truly develop a love for just the inherent fact or act of reading. Once you do this, then you can switch to nonfiction books, you can switch to the classics, which are just as important, if not more important, because they say they set a foundation for your reading and give you all sorts of comparisons. But it doesn't matter what you read, read whatever you want, read whatever causes you to love reading and whatever causes you to read more books. Number three, read short books. Short books, I find, are incredible for getting out of the ever so hated reading slumps. My personal recommendations for short books are Ikigai, The Stranger, and Steal Like an Artist. All these books are great, they are very short, including Steal Like an Artist. I would recommend Steal Like an Artist to literally everyone. It takes literally 15 minutes to read. It is a really short book which uh, with a bunch of fun illustrations if you're into those. 
And reading short books is incredible for, again, getting out of reading slumps. You'll be able to re-get, re-get a footing into reading if you've fallen off of it. Because uh, if you read a short book, you're proving yourself that you are capable of reading a book, which then encourages you to continue reading. So yeah, read short books. Number four, amount is arbitrary. I used to speed through books just to hit my goal. You can do this with fiction, it's fine, whatever. But with nonfiction, read in a quiet place, to read to absorb, not to finish. I found myself just completely going through a book and not even being able to recall anything from it. I've since switched my ways and started reading more methodically, slowly with a highlighter and a pen, as you'll see in another one of the tips. But for reading fiction, I fold the corners of the pages I love the most so I can look back later and see which pages left the most impact to me. Uh, that's my system for taking notes, which is the next tip. But amount is arbitrary. It doesn't matter how, how many books you read. It's better to fully absorb one book than to not remember 50. Number five, have a system for notes. I used to have a long three-step system for taking notes in Notion, but I realized it only made me hate the idea of finishing a book. Every time I finished a nonfiction book, I just completely hated the idea of having to sit down at my desk and write about it. So I since switched my ways to just writing with the book itself. Now I write in the margins of my books and highlight everything that seems interesting to me. For fiction books, as I already mentioned, I fold the corners of the pages that I like the most. That way, when I'm flipping through the book again, I can just see the pages that resonated with me and the pages that I like the most. This is a good system if you like, well, rereading your books, which I haven't done so far, but I'm sure I will start rereading soon. And don't have a very long system for taking notes. Don't be like Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday is an author. He needs to take methodical, painstaking notes of whatever he reads. But you can easily absorb books and get their substance if you just write within the margins, write little notes to yourself, highlight the parts of the books that you like the most. And hell, if you're like me, start a podcast on books so you have a better system for remembering what they're about. Number six, surround yourself with readers. As James Clear mentions in Atomic Habits, habits can be contagious. This applies not only to physical friend groups, but I found that having more book-related content on my social media encouraged me to read more. When I had TikTok, I since deleted the app. I used to have a bunch of just reading book talk books, and this encouraged me to keep reading because it was a motivation. Every time I opened my feed, I got reminded that books exist and that it was one of my most important goal is to continue reading them. So if you surround yourself with an environment that has a lot of readers or an environment where you're constantly reminded of the fact that, that books exist, then you'll be more encouraged to continue reading and to keep up your habit because habits are contagious. You are what you surround yourself with. This includes social media, surprisingly. Number seven, always have another book. Simple enough. You just always have another book after you finish reading the one you have so you won't be left stuck waiting to have another book. You can do this even on your phone or on your laptop if you have one or on your iPad. You can just download the Kindle app and maybe not so legally download some books off of Z Library. Although I am definitely not suggesting you do that because it is highly illegal and you'll get in trouble with the book police. Number eight, keep track. If you set a reading goal, it'll motivate you to hit it, which by default motivates you to read more. This is especially true if you have a public reading goal, like the one that Goodreads has. 
if you have a social contract, as I like to call it, and that's James Clear also likes to call it in Atomic Habits, then you'll be more encouraged to read. Well, just by telling other people that you're doing this thing, you'll feel pressure to do the thing, which will then push you to do the thing. It is very much a caveman, a caveman mentality, but yeah, it, it works. If you have people holding you accountable, you're going to be more likely to do the thing that you want to do. All you need to do is keep track and have a public goal of books that you want to read. It doesn't have to be 50. 50 is a ridiculous goal, especially if you're just starting out reading. Have a goal like 10 books a year, five books a year, even one book every year. For many of us, it's just the task of actually reading something. So even if you don't have the grandiose goal of hitting 50 books a year, which is logistically impossible for someone that's just starting out, have a small goal and keep to it. Tell other people you have this goal. Remember, the vast majority of the earth doesn't read. There is some stupid statistic that is like, if you read 50 books a year, you're in the 0.00001% of the entire population, which is astounding to me. So you don't have to read much, just read something and keep track of it and do it publicly. Number nine, have a deep bookshelf. Have views, have books that have opposing views, have belief systems you don't subscribe to. It's important to vary the material you read. Explore new realms. This also applies for fiction. You can't know what you don't like if you haven't tasted the entire menu. I have, Ryan Holiday has an amazing blog post on this. I keep talking about him a lot, but that's because I really like him. <laughs> and if you develop a deep bookshelf, you'll have educated opinions on a bunch of different topics, not just ones that you stand for. You can have good counter arguments if people bring up points that you already know the argument to, and you can study a bunch of different philosophies, a bunch of different houses of religions. You can know a lot more if you don't limit yourself to only what you believe in. If you read only what you believe in, there's no point to reading. You're just reinforcing pre-existing beliefs. So I find it ridiculous that people only read books about Buddhism if they're Buddhist or books about Hinduism if they're Hinduist. Like just vary your reading. You're not doing anything by reading books of stuff you just believe in already. You're not changing your opinions. You're not building new knowledge. You're just, well, reinforcing your own brain, which I guess psychologically makes sense. You only want to, it's confirmation bias after all, <laughs> but Try and vary your bookshelf, build a deep bookshelf, have some contrasting opinions in there. If you believe in Christianity, throw in some Darwin. <laughs> if you don't believe in uh, evolution, read a book about evolution, read Sapiens, read Charles Darwin. As I already said, I don't know why I have Char Charles Darwin on my mind, but yeah, <laughs> have a deep bookshelf. Always carry a book with you. Number 10. There are these little odd moments that I've found throughout the day where you'll find yourself doing absolutely nothing. So take advantage of these moments and read. However, you can only do this if you have a book at hand, duh. So you can have one on your phone, as I already mentioned. You can have one on your iPad, on your laptop, just, or a physical book. I just find that physical books are generally more annoying because they take up more space and they get all crumpled if you have them in a backpack. But if you don't mind your books getting a little roughed up, which I'm sure a lot of people do because I've seen how some people treat their books and it's like a literal child, but if you don't see your books as a human being, you can just <laughs> throw them in your backpack and just carry a book wherever you want. And this will encourage you to read in those little odd moments when you're waiting in line, when you're eating, maybe not eating, <laughs> but when you're just having a little recess of time and you find yourself not doing anything or you find yourself getting bored, you can just open your little book bag and get a book. Hey, that's ironic. Book bag, book, you get it. <laughs> Let's move on. 11. Drop books. There's this idea in the Almanac of Naval Ravenkot that I really liked and that I've heard before but I didn't know it originated from here, and that is to treat books like blog posts. 
If you're not really feeling it, just drop it. It's not worth reading for three weeks only to finish something you won't be satisfied with. I've dropped a couple good books, uh, the most notable example of which is the, the book Essentialism by Greg McKeown. I wasn't really into the book. I had been carrying it around for about two months and hadn't finished it, even though it's a really short book. I, I do plan on revisiting it. Actually, I'm probably going to read it uh, a couple books from the one I'm reading right now since I just want to read the book and since it's interesting and since I've heard a lot of good stuff about the author and listened to his podcast and he sounds pretty great. So drop books. You don't have to finish everything. Not everything in life has to be finished. Some things can be left incomplete. Be spontaneous. <laughs> drop a book. If you don't like it, it's not worth finishing. Lastly, 12, read a page a day. There will always be days where life gets in the way of reading, where you're just too busy to read. That's acceptable. That's normal. However, right before you go to sleep, just read one page, a paragraph even. This will make it less likely that you stop reading altogether and will keep the chain going. In Atomic Habits, I mentioned this book a lot, but it's important because we're talking about habit chain here. He talks about the two-minute rule, which basically means that if you want to build a habit, you should make a daily enforcer that only takes two minutes to do. In the case of reading, James Clear recommends having two pages a book, to reading a page a day or a paragraph a day since it only takes two minutes and it will just keep the chain perpetually going on. So you always read and read and read and read every single day and you won't, uh, you will build your reading habit and make it stronger. Of course, over time you want to increase it. You don't just want to be reading a page a day because you won't finish a book until like two years. That's not ideal, <laughs> but eventually continue building your habit and just start with a two-minute rule and build your way up. These have been the 12 tips that helped me read over 48 books in just over a year. This year, I'm also on track to reach my goal of reading 50 books and it's all here. I've just given you everything you need to start to build a consistent reading habit that will change your life because it sure changed mine. I hope you found something useful in today's episode and I hope you learned something. This has a lot of information, so feel free to replay it or listen to it at double speed again, as I do with all my podcasts. <laughs> Just enjoy it. Have a lovely rest of your day. And remember to apply these to your life, because if you listen to something and don't apply it, it's pretty much useless. And seek out books. Thank you for dedicating your time and listening to this episode. Remember, we also have a weekly newsletter, The Book Basement Bulletin. Sign up by going to the link in the show notes or by visiting thebookbasement.substack.com. Also in the show notes, a link to purchase the book I talked about in this episode. Be sure to leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts as it helps us immensely. Finally, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at bookbasementpod. That is bookbasementpod. Once again, thank you for stopping by and I hope to see you soon.